everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 152. Today we are continuing our Francis Ford Coppola Corner with a review of his 2007 film, Youth Without Youth, followed by a review of the new DC, um, I guess DC Universe, DC Ant- Universe, I, I don't know, Cine- sure. DCEU right now, D- DC film, The Flash. Yeah. Without further ado, let's get into our Francis Ford Coppola Corner. I'm of an age where I just want to learn things. I, I, I become much more of a reader than I ever was uh, when I was younger, and uh, and I'm just dying to understand life better and and uh, what human beings are really like and what consciousness is really like and what reality is really like because I'm sure it's not exactly the way it, we see it. So, as you guys know, or if this is your first time, we're just going to go over this real quick. We have been reviewing every Francis Ford Coppola film. Uh, started last year. We we are actually nearing an end here. Actually, the finish line is in sight. So we've done every film since Dementia Thirteen all the way up into technically his latest film, Megalopolis. But we we're going to be stopping at his um, 2011 film, Betwixt, before then because that movie does not release until next year. But we were doing literally every film that he's he's directed up until this point. So we are the Francis Ford Coppola podcast. Heard it here first. Yeah, he's on Instagram now, so one day he'll, he'll fucking take one of my questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> get, him, get him to respond. Oh, yeah, just like him, I posted also multiple times as well, just in case he didn't see the first time. <laughs> yes. So, I'm a crazy person. Uh, the last one we did was the 1997 film The Rainmaker, starring Matt Damon. We all pretty much liked it, actually, so that was a, that was a yeah. very nice mm. surprise here. So, because there's a 10-year gap in between The Rainmaker and Youth Without Youth, there was quite a bit of things going on at this time. Uh, it, it From from my research alone, it seemed like he was in a lot of court battles like leading up to this movie. <laughs> he had a lot of money problems. Yeah, yeah, there was either money things or people like kind of... Really, people kind of screwing him over, truth be told, from the sound of it. So, so we're going to give you some trivia uh, leading up to Youth Without Youth. So, in the late 1980s, Coppola started considering concepts... For a motion picture based upon the 19th century Cario Collati novel, The Avengers Pinocchio. And in 1991, Coppola and Warner Brothers began discussing the project, as well as two others, one involving the life of J. Edgar Hoover and the other based on the children's novel, The Secret Garden. These discussions led to negotiations for Coppola to both produce and direct the Pinocchio project for Warner Brothers, as well as The Secret Garden, which was made in 1993 and produced by American Zoetrope but directed by Agnieszka Holland. I don't know if I butchered that name. I, per- I apologize. <laughs> I didn't even sound right coming off my lips. It's And fun. Hoover, which never came to fruition. But as you guys know, um, Clint Eastwood eventually made a Hoover, uh, Hoover movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. So. Yeah. However, in mid-1991, Coppola and Warner Brothers came to a disagreement over the compensation to Coppola for his directing services on Pinocchio. In 1994, Coppola later approached another studio, Columbia Pictures, to produce the film. Warner Brothers then wrote to Columbia, stating it had held the rights to Coppola's project, which led to Columbia later dropping the project. Coppola filed a lawsuit against Warner Brothers, alleging they had wrongfully prevented Columbia Pictures from making the film. The parties deferred the issue, and a settlement was finally reached on July 3, 1998. When the jurors in the resultant court case awarded Coppola $20 million as compensation for losing the Pinocchio film project. 
During the filming of Contact on December 28, 1996, Coppola filed a lawsuit against Carl Sagan and Warner Brothers. Sagan had died a week earlier, and Coppola claimed that Sagan's novel, Contact, was based on a story the pair had developed for a television special back in 1975 titled First Contact. Under their development agreement, Coppola and Sagan were to split proceeds from the project as well as any novel Sagan would write would write with American Zoetrope and Children's Television Workshop Productions. The television program was never produced, but in 1985, Simon & Schuster published Sagan's Contact and Warner Brothers moved forward with development of a film adap- adaptation. Coppola sought at least $250,000 in compensatory damages and an injunction against production or distribution of the film. Even though Sagan was so- shown to have violated some of the terms of the agreement, the case was dismissed in February 1998 because Coppola had waited too long to file the suit. In August 1999, Coppola was brought in by MGM to supervise another re-editing of the film Supernova, costing $1 million at his American Zoetrope facility in Northern California. This work included digitally placing Angela Bassett's and James Bader's face on the bodies of a computer-tinted Robin Tooney and Peter Fascinelli, so that their characters could have a love scene. However, Coppola's re-edited version had negative test screening and didn't get the PG-13 rating by the MPAA that the studio wanted. Did you guys ever see that, by the way? Supernova? No, I've, I've never, heard of it, but I've never no. actually saw it. Yeah, the, it it's an interesting thing. I almost was considering us like checking this one out because it's he had more of a hand in it than you think in this, like with his editing, and it, because of like the way that it played out, like it was released like two years after they filmed it, kind of stuff too. Mm. So yeah, this it's 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 like a sci-fi thing. It's weird, but yeah. Anyway, it's and it seems kind of up his alley, known as filmography now. Yeah, trying to no. like he's like I was with Michael Jackson. We've got this <laughs> <laughs> before it was bad. Yeah, well, after <laughs> bad, actually, technically, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, you should you should have gone the Star Wars route. He's like, Money, I baby. Provided some of the aliens, <laughs> Francis. You see, in Dagobah, there's many different creatures. It's been a while since we had George Lucas experience, so. right? After a ten-year hiatus, Coppola returned to directing with Youth Without Youth in 2007 based on the novella of the same name by Romanian author Mircea Eliad, and I probably butchered that name. Actually, the that film sounded was, pretty good. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to just guesstimate this one. The film was poorly reviewed. It was made for about $19 million and had a limited release, only managing $2.6 million at the box office. As a result, Coppola announced his plans to produce his own films in order to avoid the marketing input that goes into most films, which were intended to appeal to too wide an audience. All right. So that's some trivia beforehand. I know that was a lot, but I mean, once again, there was a 10 year gap. So without further ado, let's get into our review of youth without youth. If someone were to tell me that there exist among us, authentic magicians, saints, or anyone endowed with miraculous powers, I would believe them. The lightning struck you, you have to have been killed on the spot. You are lucky. His x-rays have come in. The roots are healthy, but they are being pushed up by new ones. He's a young man in the prime of his life. (laughs) I have to think, 10 months ago, you turned 74 years old. Your government has instructed you to relinquish the patient to our custody. 
This is no longer a case of a living dead man, but of something else. You and I both know what is coming. I'm trying to find a meaning to this impending catastrophe. So Youth Without Youth, sitting at a whopping 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. With the story going, a love story wrapped in a mystery. Set in World War II Europe, a professor is changed by a cataclysmic event and explores the mysteries of life. Directed again by the great Francis Ford Coppola, because we are going through his entire filmography, as you may have heard us repeatedly say already. Written by Francis Ford Coppola, and again, based on the novel by Marcea Eliade, and you can correct me on that pronunciation, because I sure as hell don't know. Released on December 14th, 2007. Again, it had a budget of $19 million and grossed only $2.6 million at the box office, making it a financial disappointment. And also a uh, Coppola special from what we've uh, figured yeah. out. Go, right? right up his alley. Yeah. Go, going going back to basics. Right. Back, yeah, back to basics right. here. Okay. So this movie stars Tim Roth as Dominic Matei, Alexandra Maria Lara as Laura or Veronica, Bruno Gans as Professor S- oh God. Stan Silescu. Sure. I can never say this movie. Yeah. yeah. So. I could never say this dude's name. He said it like a couple times in the movie. I'm like, sure. That's what it sounds like. Andre Heineke as Josef Rudolph. Marcel Lures as Professor Professor Giuseppe Tucci. Adrian Pintea as Pandit. And Matt Damon as Ted Jones. I'm sorry. Matt Damon as Ted yeah, Jones. Please, sir. Please say it correctly. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. So, like we always do with any Coppola film, we like to see what our history is with this film and if we've seen it before. And I'll start with BDJ here. James, what's your history with this movie and have you seen it before? No, no never. <laughs> never since <laughs> I didn't know this shit existed. Like, I didn't even... I know, I, I was kind of aware he made movies like mid-2000s, late-2000s, right? Stuff like that, but um, no, I... I had never seen this film, so this was a entirely first time seeing this. And I mean, obviously from the box office, I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think a lot of people have seen this movie. Period. So, right, yeah, I, I agree. What What about you, Nabil? What's your history with this movie, and have you seen it before? Oh, I mean, like I didn't even know this was a film. So, yeah, this, this <laughs> what, what what did we watch? <laughs> no, I've never seen it. Never heard of it. I have n- nothing. No connection with this movie. I. Two or three have never heard of this movie and have never seen it before, so this is my first time as well. Never knew it, it existed. Would have blown my mind if you were like, actually, I've seen it twice. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> what, what did blow my mind is this like, so Tim Roth is in this movie. This movie came out a year before he did Incredible Hulk. That's that's insane. Anyway, he's been in other movies, asshole. I know, I know, but he's, in Reservoir he's more Dogs known for like his Tarantino movies. You fucking what, Marvel what, what, what I mean by that, what I mean by that is this movie feels a lot older than it is. It looks a lot older oh, than it is. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do have some well, thoughts yeah, on that. I agree, I agree yeah. With that. So with, with that, let's get into our thoughts of the movie. J- James, what, what did you think about Youth Without Youth? Well, I thought it was super interesting. It had like concept that I thought. Somebody wrote on Letterboxd that it was kind of like like a trilogy of time films by Coppola with like Peggy Sue got married, Jack, and then this film. 
But the problem is this movie's fucking terrible, so I fucking <laughs> hated it. So yeah, I dude, this did not work for me. I was confused a lot. This reminded me of movies that Nabil used to watch with me where I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm gonna have to Wikipedia mm-hmm. and pull out because I cannot follow along to save my fucking life. As we're watching it. <laughs> like, I get it. It's like surreal. It's a surrealistic film. It's right. like its first one where it's like a dream sequence. You can't you're not supposed to differentiate and I get that. Yeah, you're not supposed to differentiate what's real, what could be a dream. But there's a lot of shit going on here. There's a few things that I did like. I'll we'll get to it in a little bit, but for the most mm-hmm. part, no. This was I thought I think this might be the worst couple of film I've seen. That's wow, worse than Jack. Okay. I you like heard it Jack here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Nabil, uh, what did you think of Youth Without Youth? You know, I had the opposite reaction to it. I actually I saw your letterbox review, Nabil. Yeah. I was waiting fucking days to talk to you. <laughs> was it the was it the Romanian part? No, you know, I, I, so to your Nabil point, was like, that's before, where Dracula's from. Sorry, I'm yeah, sorry. Nabil, just, just to let him. you know, like, this was Youth Without Youth, right? You didn't accidentally watch a manual, right? <laughs> no, no, sorry. Okay. No, the film, the, so if you had told me this was a film that was made in the 60s or early 70s, I would have believed you because it, the way it's shot, even like the, the visualization of it, it feels like a remastered older film. It doesn't he, feel like a modern day film. Mm-hmm. I, 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 God, I did too much research. He, the way he filmed it, according to his next two as well, he shot it and then like transferred it through a different way to make it look like that, by the way. Because that's so how that's why. Right. Yeah. It, it visually looks like that, and I thought that I was agree. a very interesting choice. I didn't hate that, but it seemed it's weird like for digital. It's not like right. super digital and clean, which is like mm-hmm. what a lot of people were doing at this time. Too. Early 2000s, yeah. 2000, well, I mean, at this point now. Right after mm-hmm. the prequel movies for Star Wars and yeah, all this stuff. They put so. that sheen on it. Yeah. The, the film, yeah, I mean, gosh, there's a lot of plots that have a lot of promise, but they all kind of fizzle out and move on to something new. It, it, I agree with that kind of idea with the, the three acts that he was trying to do this like sci-fi or time travel thing. I'd even say this film is like three different movies that he kind of presses in because you have a, an A story with, with Tim Roth. I mean, he has magic powers for some reason, never explained. He can like mind control and then he doesn't do it anymore. He's, you know, you've got the the original uh, cut of this movie was apparently like 160 minutes or some shit too. I feel like there's more to sit with this because even have Veronica coming in here, which we don't understand like why she's being, you know, possessed or whatever incarnation she has. Lightning and explosions give you weird powers, (laughs) Nabil. There's, there's, there's just like a lot of things that he has, which all seem like okay. I can, I, I'm, I want to see where this goes, and then it just kind of gets pushed to the side for this next thing that he wants to bring into it. So that is a bit weird. But I, I did, I enjoyed the surrealism. I, I, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, it wasn't like a Terry Gilliam film, which is a lot all at once, and it's like you either are all in in this or you're not. Um, this is a, a bit a much more tamer version of it, but. Um, he just never finishes the thoughts. It just starts with it and never goes, you know, goes anywhere with it at the end. I mean, of that's it. what I'm saying. Like, a lot like wise, I speaks. think it's, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, the opinion. plot, I would say, like, there's a lot of promise in all of them. I mean, like, we get to, like, the second act of each plot in three parts of this movie, but we never see the end of it. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Marco? What were your, um, what were your feelings on this movie? Well, Bill, I fell asleep three times watching this movie. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I'm like, fuck, here we go. It was okay. Oh I, I like the cinematography. I like that. Myself. Yeah. So uh, some of the shots were <laughs> were done really well. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of more with James on this one. It didn't really work for me, man. 
I was I was lost too. I actually did pull up Wikipedia in the middle of the fucking movie because <laughs> oh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, like what the fuck is going? On? I'm like, is that what's going on? Because well, she brought the end, man. With the, I mean, it's kind of like hinting at like, ter- like love through time just, and shit and right yeah, right like, but it, it just the randomness that happens is never clearly explained or defined which is okay if there was a way to follow the pattern but just the fact you know that you know he got struck by lightning he's getting lighter you know i mean uh younger younger yeah he's getting these weird telekinetic like, powers and it's like Oh, okay. Is that because he's like unlocking like the secrets of life or something through the? That's what I'm thinking. Through the language. Or, I mean, yeah. There's there's one thing. There's stretch, one. Though. Yeah. There's one movie that kind of came to mind with this strangely, and that's Arrival, because it has to do a lot with linguistics and learning languages and how that unlocks different viewpoints of the world and how you perceive time in your mind. And I I'm like, is is that what he's going for? Because you didn't really explain that in the movie and and you're you're just fucking lost just going along with it you're like okay cool all right now he's getting older again all right awesome sure you know what film that kind of <laughs> reminded me of it was was Benjamin hancock Sorry. no hancock Wait, you know because he's got the two uh superpower <sighs> heroes that can't be with each other because it'll destroy the world in this case he can't be with a veronica because she'll get old killer gonna- <laughs> yeah they reverse they go back to their normal life path i guess yeah right it, it's it was it was just very hard to follow it's it's funny because i i really recently saw one of francis ford coppola's posts where he where he's talking about if if he's reckless and uh a lot of the way he answered the question reminded me of this movie where it's just like <laughs> you said it yourself the bill he doesn't really finish his thought and then he starts going into another sentence and Man, he finally it. gives you the answer right but by then you're just fucking lost Man, you know, i like, mean he's a no offense he's italian i get it like i get it yeah but, <laughs> yeah but uh i mean Man, it's for I mean, the I feel beauty like this of is the his most this is his most i mean fuck not really I thought we yeah. done them all like this is one of his more artsy film art house films this is this is a more art house film this sure. is like this reminded me a lot of like how Rum- I didn't like Rumblefish because of that. No offense to the art house people that loved Rumblefish and such. Yeah. But- and uh, Coppola, because that's one of his favorite films. Yeah, yeah, it is a fair- <laughs> yeah, throw that on his Instagram too. Uh, yeah. But fucking, I just, I don't know. I felt like I'm I, a slight, slight negativity here, but it shows you just like the ego that Coppola has. And I felt like it was on kind of full blast in this film. Does that make that sense? Because he's been gone yeah. for 10 years. He's like, look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, but I can't. Yeah. Make a movie that makes sense, but it's not earned, right? Like that egoness. Because all these last films, like, where are you getting this from? Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since you come out with like a true banger. Uh, So we we talked a little bit about the plot, but what what about the 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 roles in this? Like Tim Roth, uh, James. Did you like uh, Tim Roth in in his lead role? Yeah, I did. Uh, I mean. The, yeah, he for what he does, I get it. Like it's such a strange film, but Tim Roth actually does a really good job, in my opinion. I, I actually mm-hmm. really like Tim Roth as an actor. I think he's a little bit underrated. I don't think he's ever had a huge, like crazy, like bl- like role that everyone's been talked about. You know, he's always he's like the abomination, bro. Yeah. Oh my god, he, yeah. <laughs> he did it to me for a while too. He's also in fucking god, fucking Reservoir Dogs. Last time I checked, right? Yeah, and oh, fucking dying. Yeah, yeah I. I, yeah. I I prefer his role in that one, to tell you the truth. But uh, he's he's good though. He's really good this role. I think it actually works. It's just it's such a confusing thing. I can only imagine like, what, did he understand what the fuck he was doing at the time? And they're like, this is your scene. He's like, fuck, this is crazy. But okay. 
Yeah. But <laughs> everyone else was kind of just there, you know? I thought yeah. the Matt Damon cameo was fucking crazy at first. Cause was like, so random, is too. that fucking Matt Damon? <laughs> That's what I said, too. <laughs> but then I was like, well, shit, he wasn't his last film, so like now I get the connection. Like He probably... W- Maybe they were close filming something else, and he's like, you want to stop by for a cameo? Like, I need an American for this. And like, I need okay. some fucking famous somebody else. The You know, it's kind of weird. Tim Roth is the most famous person in his whole fucking movies. That's yeah. not even much, so. But I not, think that was intentional. You need to have famous people in films for it to work, of course. But yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, thought he did a pretty good job. Well, what about you, Nabil? Do you, you like his 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 role as Dominic? And were there any scenes that stood out to you specifically? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think it was a good lead. Um, he definitely carried the film through. He he was the most interesting part of this movie. I like the duality role he played, where he was, you know, talking to himself. It took me a little bit to realize what was happening. It was like a whole, oh, the, you the know, other, Green Goblin thing, the other or whatever <laughs> so, he calls himself. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I actually think too, Nabil, that was actually oh, one of the better scenes because that was that was I was able to follow along. Yeah, for those because it could have easily been a mess, right? Like you could have easily, yes. if it was somebody it was, who really didn't understand that, it could have been yeah, like if it was shot just, worse than it was shot. It would could have yeah. been like, what the fuck's going on? I, I can, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but I I enjoyed that part of it. He really kind of helped things along. It got um there there was a little bit of confusion, especially for me at like the end of it because he kind of becomes old again, and I was just like, so he just destroyed his other side of himself and now that power is gone like he just broke a mirror and let it go like i'm not sure exactly yeah, it how it just went away yeah. but he yes, has spider-man his, his mind, yeah. Yeah. i have no idea <laughs> he's just you know he's really no out of me you know and he throws the fucking thing at the mirror and you know it destroys yeah, it Shit, sorry wrong movie sorry <laughs> i was Fuck. more confused with like the ending of it of like yeah he's not really seeing those people at the cafe is that right like he was on his own metaphor right. for like last moments of life kind of thing like seeing mm-hmm. the people that you cared about the most, maybe, and I don't fucking know. Yeah, that's that's how I looked at it. He just kind of suddenly aged, um, and was. Is it because he came back to friends. his place of origin? That's why, and that's just it triggers something, maybe. Fucking yes, man, I don't know. I looked at Sorry, it as a sense of like he he let 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 go of that other person that was kind of guiding him through his life. Um, and that was like that power. Yeah, that was the power that was keeping him young. And I guess with him, the the way I understood it, at least he broke that mirror. He was kind of letting him go. And that's why he's like, "Save me, save me!" And he like let him go. And that was the end of it. Like he didn't uh, have that power anymore. Hmm. I don't I know see, why. I, I like. Sure <laughs> I like the scenes where he goes away with with Veronica, and they're they're kind of you know deducing more of the languages and stuff because it felt like we were getting a little bit more answers on that it's like okay this is actually yeah. kind of giving us something for a while and crazy shit didn't happen for a while and then um when she starts to kind of like start to age and shit and there's this there's this scene by where i don't know i don't know why but they're 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 the rocks and like the, the ocean is crashing against the rocks and they're just kind of like s- sort of like saying that they're going to, you know, stay with each other and, and deal with this, you know, figure it out. I kind of like that scene. I don't know. I, I, I like the way it was shot. I like the water splashing against the rocks and stuff. And it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's literally, you know, between a rock and a hard spot, you know, it's where they're at. Yeah. So I, I kind of like, you know, I was confused guys. How did, how did, Ver- so is Veronica just like, 
She's like a like the living embodiment of Laura. Is that it? According to Wikipedia, sir, yeah, she is supposedly the reincarnation of Laura. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, so she also de aged, or was it more like she's like she, she was because of that I'm power sorry, from um, who was it? Sun Sunbi or Suki or Shiva? Shiva. I can't remember. Uh, Shiva. Not, no, not Shiva. But uh, well, something like that. He said that she was one of the gods. It was one of the gods that she was going to see during Shiva. But the person that was uh, also within her, it's just whatever kind of Buddhist god, um, was going back in time further and further. And it was taking a lot mm-hmm. out of her. And with him being there as well, apparently it's making her older. Yeah. So as that's why he's like, I got to leave. She's not going to come up again. Um, the whatever's uh, you know inside of her or possessing her. And she mm-hmm. kind of is able to let that part of Freezing whatever Nibble. life is gone and yeah. he's able to move forward. And, I, and I obviously should have watched this movie with Nabil because, man, I did not catch <laughs> any of that shit. I was, like, really into it. Wow. I was very fascinated by the Dude, whole thing. Dude, I heard they found a cave and I was just like, come on, someone get killed already. <laughs> and I was no, like, this happens, right? where they can yeah. find a demon in this bitch. I was like, oh, this, like, kid, this movie can go anywhere yeah. at this point. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. never mind. They just found a demon. It just... It jumps to so many places, right? Like, there's just so many... That's what I'm saying. Like, I really... It feels like, like this could have been a film. miniseries, and they were like, let's stuff it into our film. Right. I, I agree with that. If it was something that was like a six-episode miniseries, something like that, like to flesh out a real story and actually see them come to a, a conclusion, it would have been great. But I, I like what he was trying to do. Probably, I'm it's, assuming, right? It's, it's almost like a cheap inversion of The Fountain, where you know it's sort of like a reflection of life and everything, because... Uh, really at the beginning dominic was saying how he's like he was like 26 he hadn't accomplished anything and so really like it's it, it's like he gets a second chance to really do something with his life but yeah. at a really high cost you know it cost him a lot and it never really granted him happiness so it's sort of just kind of like a self-reflection on your life and where you're at and that's what i got out of it i don't know um I didn't the movie's such a big I, mess i didn't even get that <laughs> out of that so <laughs> James was like, why am I watching this? I was like, is this like low-budget Benjamin Button? What is this, man? <laughs> I know, dude. It was, it was like a mix of a whole bunch of stuff, in, you know, in, in, including Green I feel Goblin. Like we might be the first podcast to ever even talk about this movie, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Does, Nabil, did this feel like a Coppola film to you? Yeah, it, it totally felt like a couple of films to me. I, I liked the, the like you said, the, the cinematography was there, the uh, the crazy whatever he was trying to, to, uh, yeah, to I guess. statements he was making. I can't was in this film. cinematography. Put your, put your yeah, shirt back on it, Bill. <laughs> and and the whole like we were saying, you know, the whole sheen of the film looking like it was a 60, film. I really it made me miss that for some reason when I was watching. It's like mm-hmm. I really well, like got, how this looks. Oh, I kind of want to see more films. Like this again. They shot the same exact way. So are they really? Yeah. See, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that again. Man, the that, that, ba- yeah, uh, that, uh, like that shot where he was upside down. He probably was like, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> Fuck. Oh shit. James, what what about for you? Did this feel like no, a couple of films? No, fuck no, it didn't feel like a couple of films. What the fuck? Did we watch a different movie from us? This felt, like, this felt like I fucking shot it at Solano Community College in 2007. No. Fuck. <laughs> Though I will, I do have to admit, it is shot quite well. I just, plot-wise, for something written by Francis Ford Coppola, it just didn't feel like that to me. Can Francis Ford Coppola I, just like be the cinematog- principal cinematographer and editor of a movie? That's it. Can we just have him do the picture and see it? I'd like Bill, to see that. 
we got one more film from him, okay? Maybe, maybe. Just be lucky that's even happening, Look, okay? If if I hadn't seen Rumble Rumblefish, then I probably would say it doesn't feel like a Copal film. It it kind of does. It does feel See, like a Copal I film. Like Rumblefish, but yeah. very but a very shitty Copal film. Like I just you know? met like two new people in the podcast. Who the fuck are you guys? No, it's it, dude. I'm not. It's not great. Trust me, it's not great. It, and just some of the the shots that he takes and the 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 way he films it feels like Coppola like he he's trying you know new things or trying to be like very you know artsy like some of the upside down shots some of the low angle shots like all that feels like Coppola the the story that shit as it is because of Rumblefish and the way it was filmed I'm like okay I can kind of see that but that doesn't make it good so yeah, it feels oh, like so a very we give, it, we give it pass. We give it passes now. <laughs> we give it passes to Coppola now. Okay, no, my it's, bad. It's, my still, bad. it's it, it's <laughs> if I hadn't seen those movies, I'd be like, "Fuck no, dude! This this is horror. This doesn't feel like it. it. It's just it's a very sad Coppola film. Sad in the fact that it's like it's a fall from grace, really. So oh, with that buddy, said, fall from grace for a long time before this yeah, film. Yeah, this is apocalypse now. Technically, but. was. Was there anything else that you guys want to mention about this movie before we go into our star rating? Anything else that stood out, James, the bill? I will probably never watch this movie again. I that's just no, I know. I just, <laughs> I just checked <laughs> Voodoo with everyone. And, uh, it's been deleted from the library, so I, I, I this one bought, not only on Voodoo, but I also have I bought a copy on Apple TV, so I bought this movie twice. Oh my goodness. Jesus. I think you're single-handedly funding this film. I have, a, I have a problem. Um, I mean, all jokes aside, he, this is like a low point for me with Coppola stuff. So, I mean, I hope to God this is not the one episode he listens to. Just <laughs> so that's all. Fuck. I'm curious what your questions were now. All right. With that being said, let's uh, l- let's rate this film on a star rating one to five, with five being incredible and one just being complete dog shit just knock it out the way bdj what do you rate this movie my rating for this film is one and a half stars okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's processing it actually no no it's the lowest grade this guy's ever given no i think maybe i think you might have yeah something doesn't make sense because you'll 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 see in a minute why the bill what what do you rate this movie in a scale of one to five I'm on like the opposite end here. I gave this three and a half stars. Wow. I would I would totally watch this again. And that's it for me, guys. Good night. I'm <laughs> slipping out. The rest of the Eden Bill broke me. <laughs> uh no, hey, that's understandable. You know, it's a hey, teach their own. Uh I surprisingly enough gave this movie a one star. So I oh, rated wow. it even lower than James, even though <laughs> I felt it felt like a Coppola film. It's just I would never watch this movie again, and that is a one star for me. I just hands down would never watch it again. It even got a star because it's Francis Ford Coppola. If it were anyone else, it probably would get like half star. That being said, I, I highly doubt any any of us would recommend this film, right? Well, None I mean, of us I mean, would. I would, I would recommend it. Yeah. If you're a completionist, or if you are, yeah, <laughs> going through the Coppola library, or if you're on this journey with us, then yeah, sure. <laughs> Give it a shot. I, See if you can find I mean, a free version like, on YouTube. I feel like this is a movie I would have watched in like film studies too. Truth be told. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Probably. 
It's it's oh. a good cerebral film, I think. I, I, there is definitely it's not a solid, especially the plot. Not a solid plot. There's a lot of the very interesting points being made, like where he's trying to go. It's just we just never, you know, come to to, to to any real resolution for anything. But I really liked just. It's got a European. I mean, it's a European film technically. It's got a European mm-hmm. feel. I love the look of it. Um, I love the acting, and I, I think the plot points are interesting. You know, See, I, just I, not successful I don't know. Some of it. I'm sorry, Nibba. I don't mean to keep going. It just okay. you're, you're talking just blasphemous shit. I just I'm like, <laughs> who is this guy? Uh, I mean, I can do surreal, surrealistic, uh, surreal, fucking Christ, surreal films, right? But it's like, like I like Terrence Malick films, and those barely have dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, yeah. It's just this one had that plus dialogue and like seven different plot points going on. It was like, what the? I fuck? like the fountain. It didn't. It didn't. See, I don't like the fountain. But it, see, it wanted to be like some. It wants to be like a sci-fi. It wants to be like mm-hmm. s- maybe even That's like some spy mystery. I don't know. What mystery. Say, yeah, that then it's like a romance on top of that too. It's like, dude, make up your mind, dude. So yeah, I agree. So. Yep, and then Tim Roth goes on to be an Incredible Hulk. Wild. Yeah, that's anyway. all that Marco cares about. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him for. He's like, Did you know he's the Abomination, right? That he was Emil in the, Blonsky. He's, he's in She-Hulk too. Just let you know. Yeah. Comes back. Came back. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, right. <laughs> that concludes our review of Youth Without Youth. Thank you, Marco. Let's move on now to our main review of The Flash. Let's stop here for a moment to let you all know about Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. You can follow any topic as specific as you like from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or heck, even the Kardashians. Newsly will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud They even have digital radio. Did we mention they also have podcasts from over 80 countries? Well, they do. And guess what? The Movie Pals podcast is there, too. I started using Newsly as my default podcast player, and I can't think of ever going back. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in our description. And make sure to use our promo code TMPALS. That's T-M-P-A-L-S to receive a one-month free premium subscription. Newsly, stop scrolling and start listening. Oh my god! Flash! Hi. I love you! Thank you. Touching you into Mr. Wayne. No, please don't. Um... I need you here now, Barry. So you're saying you could travel back in time? But Bruce, I can fix things. I can save people. I can save my mom. I can save your parents. You can also destroy everything. I love you, Bob. I love you too. So how was it this week? How's school? School was good. This is mad trippy. Dude, this is catastrophic. This is 2023's The Flash. It's currently sitting at a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. The story goes, 
Barry Allen uses his super speed to change the past, but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes, forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future. This is directed by Andy Muschietti, who also did Mama in 2013, as well as It, both in 2017 and It Part 2 in 2019. This is written by Christina Hodson, who has also done Bumblebee and Birds of Prey, and Jodie Harold, who had done some parts of King Arthur Legend of the Sword, Army of the Dead, the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series, and more recently released film Transformers Rise of the Beasts. This film was released on June 16th and is currently in theaters. This stars Ezra Miller returning as Barry Allen slash The Flash, Sasha Cali as Kara Zor-El or Supergirl, Michael Shannon comes back as General Zod, Ron Livingston is here as Henry Allen, Barry Allen's dad, and Maribel Verdu as Nora Allen, Barry Allen's mother. Kiersey Clemens plays Iris West, and Michael Keaton is in this film as Bruce Wayne slash Batman from 1989. So, let's talk about this film, and I'm going to start with the, uh, the, the DC mega fan here, Marco. What do you think about this movie? Well, sir, I didn't watch The Flash. I watched Batman 3. So, <laughs> I, I I thought it was pretty good. You know? Uh, I didn't think it was great. I think that uh, it was hyped up a little too much. From It's not the greatest DC film ever made? No. No. Oh, that's what DC In said. In my opinion, that's no. I no. I, I think it's one of the better ones. I think that the Rotten Tomato score is a little too harsh. This is more like a, you know, it's a little it better be, than that score. It might be getting a little review bomb too, from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. and it, which which we we all know why, you know. But we're we're trying to separate reality with you know the the, the actual the work of art here, you know. Yeah. Trying to look yeah. at it, you know. We try to do from that, that standpoint. Truth be told, so. Yeah, so we reviewed you know. Captain EO for fuck's sake. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, shit. If you you want to know how we feel about shit and hit us up, you know, personally, we'll we'll let you know. But uh, yeah, it was good, dude. It, I think it was fun. It was fun. It was entertaining. You know, as a superhero film, man, uh, I I really liked a lot of the um, the action set pieces. So you know, I thought it was pretty good. I liked Michael Keaton. You know, prime primary reason why I came to see this movie. So yeah, it was good. Okay. What about you, James? How did you feel about this movie? What were your thoughts here? Um, what did I think about The Flash? I really liked this movie, actually. I thought it was really good. It's also kind of sad that it's, you know, little, you know, it's good, but it's Swan a little, song, a little uh, yeah, a little too late to the party, truth be told here, you know? Yeah. So I think this is actually one of the better DCU films. I've not been a fan of a few of them leading up to this one, but... I liked it. It worked for me. The pacing's really well done. Uh, I think Andy Machete takes his horror roots and he does really well with what he did here. And it's, you know, they've, they've just even revealed he's going to be the director of the Batman Brave and the Bold. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. I think mm. he handles it really well. Uh, there's this, there's, it's not perfect though. Marco's right. It's not, there's some things that I question of choices or time constraints or what they had to change from what we saw, you know, and, for the most part, it's just one of those things where, you know, things are changing in the DC universe, so they're they're moving in a different direction, so I understand that, but uh, I think Ezra Miller 
I think he's a great Barry Allen as much as his um, or as much as they are have a lot of personal problems. It's hard to separate that when watching this film, but it mm-hmm. is not. Uh, I can't deny that they are super good at this role. Like Zack Snyder was a genius at casting, I think. And it, but in the uh, on the flip side, it's very sad because I know this is probably the last time we're going to see Ezra Miller as the Flash, most likely. Yeah. So you most know, likely. once again, little you know, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, we'll talk about characters in a moment, but I liked it a lot. I also got to see it at Supervan screening like a couple days before you guys, like five days before. So yeah. I was also in a theater full of like super fans. So <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> uh, it was a very different experience. When he was I fully it. nude. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Mikey was wearing just fucking, he was just wearing a flash tight suit against his body too. It's like, a super bro, suit. I don't know if that's that's a super well, suit. Right. He feels super in it. Just sweating profusely. And I was like, bro, you can take <laughs> it off. It makes dude. It fast. Like, <laughs> not wearing anything underneath. There's no chafing <laughs> for me. Yeah. Like, Mikey, like, I can tell. Kind of that scene like where you see Barry doing that weird run when he doesn't have his powers. It was just like that the whole time. <laughs> in his seat. Yeah. 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 But I will say this much. I thought it was funny. I didn't I didn't I thought they did pretty well with everyone. Um, but we'll get into that more. But yeah, I, I had a great time watching this. Yeah. Um I, I agree with you, James. I think the film was fun. I enjoyed it. Um I'd say I, I like this film. This is probably my second favorite of the DCU. So there's it's not a lot of them. Man of Steel. I still love that film. I'll watch that over and over again. Oh, movie. Yeah. But um yeah, it was funny. Ezra Miller, they're great in this film. I think that they are a good Barry Allen, good Flash, but it is sad that we're definitely not going to see them again. Like they're just trying to get this movie done, and we're never going to swept under the rug. Good, it's fine. Happened. We got Blue Beetle, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> just do something new there. So, hey, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mar- Marco. He's Marco's already working on his cosplay. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got the blue neon lights and everything, dude. I'm, I'm ready. Red this car up, shiny. I mean, that's just a normal thing for him, though. But yeah, it's uh, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> it just happens to be a movie, also. Now, yeah, I was like, shit, kind of, kind of worked out for him, didn't it? It's like, fuck, all, all those times just filming in his backyard just fucking worked out. <laughs> Weird. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the film. I, I think the writing was very strong. It was a good plot, and yeah, uh, there's, there's definitely, you know, it's not a perfect superhero film for sure. Or, or movie in general, but I I like where it went. I liked how it ended, um, especially yeah. like the the third oh, I act was yeah. I said Nibu's gonna lose his fucking shit. I was like, he's crying. He's fucking like, crying. Oh my God. No, um, but no, it was a, it was a really ripped open. Film. He's fucking screaming at the top of his lungs. Yeah. <laughs> my theater went insane like a few times. I'll bring it up in spoilers when they yeah. went crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, Marco, let, let's talk about a little bit about what you felt didn't work because uh, it doesn't seem like you were as thrilled about the movie, um, or maybe just not as uh, hyped up as you wanted to be. What, what? Where do you think the film was uh, was kind of weakest at? I think James and I are going to agree on this one. I actually tweeted about this when computer graphics from Jurassic Park, a movie from 1993, looked better than a movie from 2023. That's a bit of a problem, especially with this movie's been in development for like five years. It's supposed to come out like 2018, right? I mean, it's so, been in development 10 years. Tell you yeah, but. yeah, actually, true. Yeah, yeah, 
Actually, yeah, I stand corrected. So, you know, they, they've had time. We've had movies that have come out for TV streaming, you know, so, you know, the, 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 the Zack <laughs> Snyder's Justice League, which, you know, they've just added CGI effects to release it on for streaming. It's like, dude, that shit looked a little better. So just that, you know, it's just like, come on, guys, polish it up just a little yeah. bit more, dude. Just, that I was mean, really my, you my saw, main. But I don't think I sent it to you, though. Did you see the interview Andy Machete was talking about why it looks like that for certain scenes? Uh-oh. No, oh, I didn't. I sent it to Bill. Well, I sent it to me. But it, but it it that that's just that's just it you know for for the cal and it's only for the caliber of movie it is you know the second thing I didn't really like we don't really James Gunn and this isn't a spoiler I mean he's he's out in an interview saying this it says this is supposed to kind of you know let us know where the direction that the DCU is going or you know what's coming up next or anything and you're still kind of left a little puzzled, you know, you're still kind of left after the previous DCU of, movies. A lot of questions. Where, yeah. yeah. You're just like, wait a minute, you know? So just that, but I didn't feel like, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's really, those are really my main complaints. Everything else. Like I, I agree with James. People are complaining about the pacing of this movie. No, I agree with James. The pacing of this fucking movie works, dude. And, and, and the tone yeah. of this movie works. Some people talk about how the tone of this movie is all over the place. Totally disagree with that. Love the tone of this movie. I, yeah. I think it's, it's got a great balance of levity, of darkness, of seriousness. It's, it's. I think it's they. This one just follows that line perfectly. So, um, so yeah, those are really my only two major critiques of the movie. Yeah. So Andy Buscetti came out to talk about the CG, and he's saying that the, not all of it, obviously, the CG during any time that Barry is in the Speed Force mm-hmm. is. Actually, supposedly, once again, you just got to take his word for it, right? It's done like that on purpose. So that when actually looks these, good. These cameos from people, for instance, anytime you saw that, those babies in the beginning, all that Jeez. shit, that CG is made because time is moving so fast. Things. This is from the perspective of the Flash, supposedly. It looks more cartoonish, like, supposedly. So it's supposed to like it's warp, basically. Kind technically of. yeah that's why things look a little weird they're not like actual like you know we'll get to it later when we talk about all these fucking cameos but that's supposedly why i think that's fucking bullshit but i mean whatever <laughs> i don't really know if that's true or not who knows like if, if i'm gonna take that yes but then that doesn't still you know c- like barry's mask or anytime barry's on screen you can always tell who the fucking fake barry is or uh, there's yeah, a scene a in the bit. beginning where Batman, like Bruce Wayne, looks fucking terrible in uh, Ben Affleck's character. Not a spoiler, it's in the trailer. But his mask on him, like when he's on his bike, you can definitely tell it's CG, but it looks so fucking bad. So, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, that I was, like, that was a, b- a bit of a mess. I, I do want to say, though, I did actually like the two Barry Allens. Like, it's it was a better... better than I've seen it in some I other films. I didn't think films. it looked that bad. People are bitching about it. Yeah, like I yes, think it was you can bad. see it in face thing, but that especially like the acting between the two of them, it did seem like he was right there next to him. It was very, or they were right next to each other, so yeah. it was very seamless. They are so I did enjoy that. Two part different Barry Allens, and I think it right. actually mm-hmm. to Ezra Miller's um, credit, I I gotta say, like I I genuinely believe there was two different types, like one from 2013 and one from present day or whatever, you know. So yeah, that is very true. That that yeah. got pulled off pretty well. Mm-hmm. They they did a good job on that. Yeah, but people bitch about the pace for real, though. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought for so, a two and a half hour, hour movie, it actually <laughs> paces pretty well. Oh, pretty well, yeah. Like I, uh, I never was bored. One of the complaints or I heard waiting. is that 
Yeah, one of the complaints I heard is that it doesn't really let things breathe. And I'm like, I th- I think it does. There, it it slows down at some points enough to let you kind of like, you know, soak in what you just saw. And then like yeah. when he's talking to to Bruce Wayne, Batman, you know, the Michael Keaton version, it slows down there, and they're talking, and there's exposition, and you know, you're able to kind of like sink in what's going on. You know, it I'll, has those I'll moments. See, so I'll say this much: it's. I mean, I know you call it Batman Three. I kind of disagree with that. I still feel like. He actually doesn't have that much screen time, technically. Batman. No, no, nine. that's just that's just my little bash just at Ezra Miller. Like yeah. people going there just to see Michael Keaton might be disappointed that he's not in it more, possibly, in my opinion. Because right. I, I thought he was for the trailers, it looks like he's gonna be in it more, but he's actually only in like the last hour, hour and a half. Yeah. He's so really only in half. Yeah. So I, I, I think the only thing that was we'll talk about when we get to characters, but like some characters that were a bit minor characters didn't really get to breathe as much. That's the only thing, but mm. I thought I didn't, I didn't have an issue with that. So, yeah, there were some characters that were kind of shoehorned in. Um, just to have, well, like, like they needed to be there, but they just maybe because of the length time, run time of the film, they just couldn't get enough time with them. Um, but you know what? Let's, let's talk about the characters a bit. Uh, James, just to go with you first about Ezra Miller and being, you know, likely with the controversy around them that yeah. this might be their one and only film to be a, have a solo film as the Flash. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Justice use them or not. Yeah, what I mean, did you so what much, did you think about it? There's so much iterations. This film originally was going to be like a Flash cyborg team up at, okay. at one point. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that and then they shot, you know, then like Michael Keaton was supposed to be like Batman the whole time, so there was alternate things that were shot too, even like Henry Cavill supposedly had like things shot mm-hmm. for this too and got removed. That, yeah, we didn't get to see Henry Cavill again. Yeah, you got. I mean, you see his backside when he's taking out yeah. a volcano or some bullshit. Uh, I think Ezra Miller did great. Like I said, uh, it's just it's sad that like probably this is it because I think they fit the role really well. The character I was talking yep. about was really Iris West. No offense yep. to Iris West, but um, Kiersey Clemens. She's actually a really good actress. She's in a couple little indie films that I liked a lot and. I think she's kind of shoehorned in. And while she's supposed to be a much more, at least in the Flash comics, she's a much more prominent character. So that's kind of one of the characters I thought, man, they didn't really touch back on that. There's no alternate version of her either in any of the uh, multiverses or whatever the hell it is, you know. But um, yeah, they make a few references to like Barry's always kind of wondering what's going to happen with her. And she's definitely in the comics, he's had a love interest. Um, so she like is much more significant. She would have been, if there was a sequel. I man, I even heard there was a sh- there was they taught stuff even with Ben Affleck that for a potential sequel for this they got cut. Like he supposedly was telling like it connects to like some other fucking movie or something. Like he's like he has oh, to go save he, him or some shit like that. That, like, that reminds me, do we don't even see the scene where Barry is going back in time to go to and warn Bruce and uh, Bruce, Bruce, you know. Yeah, you were right. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> you were right. I think that was like an alternate universe. That's why. Yeah, probably. But you know, just from the sound of it, but connect that all. You would have thought we'd see it at least. That would have been cool, right? But right. Um, yeah, that was like for most part, Ed Miller and then Iris West. Like their interactions are cool, but it's only like the beginning and end, really. Yeah, exactly. I was like, she's supposed to be a reporter. Fuck. Um, a journalist a journalist sorry yeah marco what about your thoughts on batman returning and so michael keaton the og 
uh, the OG in, the, in these films, at least. What were your thoughts on his uh, showing in the film? I, I loved every fucking second minute with Michael Keaton in it. That's That was one of the major things that made me want to watch the movie, really, was that. Did you like when he put up the uh, tape measure? Yeah. <laughs> I lost my shit when he said that. How much do you guys weigh again? I was like, oh my god. I yeah. Uh, I was like, oh shit. I was like, there you go. I I like the whole reconstruction of the Batcave, the the mansion, all the little throwbacks they did, all the little details they put into it. You're like, oh shit, it's from that scene. Oh, it's from that scene. You know, it's like it it brought back those those feelings. They, they did a good job with the character too. It it felt like a continuation of that character and where he would be. You know, in, in this in this time and age. He's technically Sadly, not the same Batman, though, right? He's he, yeah. right. So he's like an, he, he's like he's a, a variant of him. A, yeah. yeah, right. So, yes and no, sort of. But it it, it does explain you know Obviously, a little bit why he's yeah. alone in the first two movies and stuff. And I kind of like that. I'm sad that they cut out a scene where um, he explains you know something in, in the movie about his character and and about what what he's been you know up to the last thirty years. And they sort of had to cut that. Which I'm sad enough, but um, Andy Muschietti said that it's going to be in the deleted scenes for the uh, home release. Ooh, so I'm excited nice. about that. I'm gonna but, buy that on disc. But yeah, but I I, I loved it, man. It <laughs> I uh, man, I don't know. If, not really much of a spoiler, but you know, hey, he can turn his head finally, so that's great. <laughs> I love he different iterations of the suits. Yes, but then they do make a little like joke about it when. Uh, oh yeah. Very- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. Only the real ones know what he's referencing. What? He yep. his head. What about? Or we have a we have a Supergirl in this film instead of Superman, who's prominent in this movie. And I want to say that I really liked Supergirl here. I thought she yeah. was she brought a lot of good. Like there, her scenes were great. The action was there. I love the like as an immediate. We didn't get a lot of backstory. I mean, if you know the comics, you know that she was being held, yeah, um, and 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 uh, tested on for like years, decades. Um, but like, just like from the get go, when you see her and she's like in action, every scene I really enjoyed seeing her, and I was like, I could see a movie with. You don't get enough of her. Truth be told, yeah. that's the one character yeah. I thought very true. How did you feel about her, James? Like just the introduction, how they brought her forward, and then. You know where we kind of uh, Sasha Kaye killed it, man. I I hope that she is in the talks at least for the um new Supergirl role that they're going to be doing. They're doing a movie on that too, right? I think. Yeah, hopefully, oh, man. man. Now it's like fourteen fucking. And, and I guess she just announced today or over the weekend that she's been talking to Warner Brothers about it. So there's a chance that this is Fuck not yeah. the last time we see her because I think she did really well. Um, and her scenes are really good, man. I, I liked it, but we don't get a lot of it. Like I said, there, there's a moment where yeah. she's talking to Barry about like, why'd you save me, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought that was very. Hard yeah, it was like a very yeah. simple. You didn't have to go into too much depth. He was just, you know, he told her that she needed help. And that's yeah. that's all she kind of needed. I, I think yeah. That's one thing I do want to bring up about Ezra Miller is that I think the scenes where they are. Um, there's a lot of emotion in this film. You know, it, it's really about him going back to try to save his mom from an unknown assailant that we never get a fucking answer on, by the way. But there's like a there's scenes with Ezra with, uh, with playing as Barry with his mom. And like, I thought those are super touching, man. They're very emotional, especially near the end, especially the last scene. We'll talk about spoilers. But man, I that was like, oh, man, that's rough. I I really liked who but, they chose to play his mom. Also, Maribel Verdu. She's from uh, Itumama Tambien. 
which is another yep, one of my sure favorite is. movies. Was there any scene that kind of stood out to you? Something you wanted to that you wish they kind of set more with uh, James, or maybe something you wish they kind of cut out? No, I think this is cut pretty well. There maybe there's some scenes during spoilers I could talk about, but uh, I I will say this much too. Any of the Zod scenes, like, d- did Michael Shannon actually show up to film these, or was this just CG? No, he was there. He he was he there for four. He showed up. Holy shit! He did. It was. He didn't like it. He was there for like three weeks, but he did what he was supposed to do. Uh, yeah. Dude, Michael he Shannon seems like he grudgingly does these fucking movies for a paycheck. He's like, fuck. No, he 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 was upset. He did an interview recently about it, and he he mm-hmm. said he, they're just not Zack Snyder, and he was kind of upset about that whole thing. But he's like, I kind of had to do it, and so I was there. But oh, uh, gotcha. You know, he he preferred if it was with Zack Snyder. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. and he liked yeah. the oh, the expansion they did with him in Man of Steel. But I'm like, bro, you were the main villain in that movie. That's why. So yeah. I mean. he was kind of like a side person. This one, I would say that th- those scenes are a little. It's a little strange how they set those scenes up. I'd say, especially at the beginning, and then they kind of go off and do stuff. I'm like, what the hell is Zod doing during this time? Just killing people, I guess. Marking them left and right. Yeah, because yeah. then they come back like, oh, we got to go back and get now that we got Supergirl and blah blah. It's like, okay, I guess, mm-hmm. but. No, I thought all the scenes for my for the most part worked, Bill. Um, I even like that beginning sequence when we the see, opening you know, sequence was fun. Yeah, yeah, the opening sequence was a lot of fun actually. I'll say that much, and that that really sets the kind of the tone for the film. I thought they did really well with that. To tell you the truth, yeah. but um, yeah. If anything, I'll talk more a little bit about that in spoilers, probably. Mm-hmm. Marco, anything that you felt really stuck out for you that you really enjoyed or? I mean, was there some stuff that you're like, I really wish that we could have just cut this whole part out and made the film a little shorter? No, I, I think nothing really overstayed its welcome. There there were the, the opening sequence was good. I, I wish we could have gotten just a little bit more of that. But I understand, you know, for pacing purposes, they had to move on from that. But I, I agree with James there that 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 whole opening act was was really well. It was it's nice to see uh Barry work as in, in a team and kind of see where he's at too at the beginning. You know, he's, he's a still immature, totally different person. So it's kind of good to see where he started off, where he starts off versus where he ends up at. Um, as far as anything else that really stuck out or that I really enjoyed, that's that's probably more reserved for spoilers, really. We don't want to share his secrets with others if you haven't seen the film. Yeah. I don't want to pull out the tape measure again. <laughs> All right, well, well, let's jump a little bit into spoilers. Right before we do, let's talk about our star ratings and see what we want to give these films. I'm going to start with you, Marco. What did you give this? One out of five. Uh, I give this one four stars. You know, even though it didn't uh, live up to the hype fully, I, th- I still think it's a really good DC movie. It's, it, I think it's one of their best. So, yep. And James, what about you? I also get this one a four star out of five. Oh my god, is this the first time we're doing a hat trick here, guys? With four, with all three of us giving the same score? Because I also for gave a, it for a four DC stars. film, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all really enjoyed the film. We definitely would recommend it. It was a fun foray for DC, and we just wish they could have made their other films more like this. But like James said, it's a little too late. So. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, so if you haven't seen the film, we're going to jump into spoilers and talk about all these fun little cameos that came up and some just a little bit about the ending and how this film, uh, the direction it's going to go for the rest of the DCEU. Um, so if you haven't yet, again, go ahead and skip forward and we'll tell you how you can reach out to us as well as hear what we're going to be watching next for our next review. Otherwise, stick around. 
Okay, so there's a bunch of cameos in this film. We're going to jump right into it and start with, which I think they kind of already talk about in the trailer, so it's not really a big spoiler, but we do have Ben Affleck as Batman. We're in his Gotham City. That's part of the opening sequence where he's out fighting somebody Mm -hmm. else uh, or bigger, doing a bigger battle, and he just needs Barry to kind of jump in and help out, as well as Alfred, Jeremy Irons' Alfred, is in here kind of guiding Barry along to... uh, kind of ride him through them. Do seeing this, did you all miss seeing Ben Affleck as Batman or you're like, okay, we're we're good to move on now? What did what? you think, Marco? Or James? Was that his blue uh trying to do his like his blue suit, by the I, way? No, oh, yeah. it looked like. Yeah. Blue I like gray. the blue yeah, gray. Yeah. That was a weird suit. I gotta say that much. That was a weird like suit, a weird mask. I didn't like it. I was like, what I don't the remember fuck? the mask. I don't remember seeing the mask. It looked right. weird, man. Yeah. I think it's because he's lo- he, he He's a lot less muscular now than he was before. That's why. Is that why? God damn it. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Like, I'm not trying to bulk up anymore, guys. I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm a director. Damn it. Because I noticed that too. And I'm like, like, oh, because this is the most fun he had playing the character. I'm like, damn, he was only screwed for five fucking minutes. So. I know. I'm like, really? <laughs> I was like, yeah. She do. Because he, he was just know. chatting the shit with Gal Gadot. That's why. <laughs> just over there hanging out. And that's it. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I, li- I Yeah. I liked it, though. I, I like the blue and gray. The suit, the design was kind of weird, but I like that they went with the blue gray. And I, I like that uh, they all worked as a, as a team, as a Justice League. Well, most of them, you know? And yeah, I, that's what I wish we could have gotten a little yeah. bit more of is because that was really cool because it was kind of like, a you know, we don't know where the fuck's going to happen, you know? So it was nice seeing them. I mean, I liked him even as just Bruce Wayne, too, when he's telling, like, he was good uh, as Bruce Wayne. Barry yeah. Allen, like, hey, don't do that because the reason why these things have happened is the people who are mm-hmm. today, you know, and that's kind of a reoccurring theme throughout the movie, too. So I like yeah. it. So. Yeah. And then we have Gal Gadot, as I kind of uh, mentioned, uh, comes back as Wonder Woman. She comes for a very brief cameo just to kind of help save the day. Well, mostly save Batman. Um, and then she kind of walks away. There is a little fun banter between them, though, because um, <laughs> she does have the, the last touch. I thought that was pretty funny, just uh, the back and forth of them. Yeah, I thought it was funny, was... too, but they did it before in the, the Joss Whedon Justice League before. But that oh, wasn't yeah. as, that wasn't as, like, yeah. That wasn't and as also, I, you know, no offense to Gal Gadot again, I just couldn't understand a goddamn word she was saying, so. She, she is, uh, she's <laughs> Amazonian, so they got a language. Sorry. You guys <laughs> watch yourselves. And then she flew off. I was like, "What the fuck did she just say?" I gotta go. Oh, was good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. She did good, man. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I she's on screen for thirty song. seconds. She's fine. Yeah, it was very short. And from the sound, she she's might she might be around still. So this might not be the last yeah. thing so. Gal Gadot. She's a so. she's a good Wonder Woman. I mean, if they can get back to the first film like that, great. If yep. we can yeah, erase whatever let, happened at second, just don't film. let what's your face write another movie. Then you're fine. Yeah. Let's yep. get rid of that second film like it never happened. We'll, we'll just see it was alternate universe because that was terrible. Um, and we'll move on from there. Yeah, yeah just just direct it. Yeah. Don't don't write it. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to put your name on the writing credits. Francis Ford yeah. Coppola will tell you that, too. Yep. <laughs> just kidding. Um, there were some very fun versions um, that they actually showed of older and alternate DC heroes. First of all, a number of different Supermen. Um, we're going to start yeah. with one of the the most sought after and legendary Superman that never really made it to screen until now. Our man Nick Cage. Boom! My Cannon, theater baby. went ballistic yeah. when uh, <laughs> they revealed it. Like it was like an uproar. Same. It was crazy, dude. So. 
it was great. He was fighting the giant was spider. Right there, right <laughs> I was like, it's a well, because that that's from the uh, Kevin Smith thing. Yeah, from like, the Kevin Smith. Like, like, yeah, spider or some shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, Kevin Smith shit. was really happy about that too. He was like, oh shit, I can't believe they're referencing my stuff. So yeah, cool. That was uh, that was fucking awesome. I had no idea that was gonna happen. Although I yeah. guess apparently Andy Machete had told him to tweet a week prior that he was in the movie. I was like, well, I didn't see. There it, was. So. You know, there were, I watched an interview with Nick Cage recently, and somebody, it was one of those Ask Me Anything questions, and they asked him, you know, would you ever do a Superman film? And he's like, I would maybe do a film if you guys would be okay if I did, like, maybe a second or two of screen time in the near future. And that's oh. all he says. I was like, that son of a bitch was jumping in. Oh, uh, damn. <laughs> he's a spoiler alert motherfucker. <laughs> So, you know, that was fun to be able to see him on there. And, like, he had, we actually got to sit with it for a little bit. I mean, it was all brief, but I think he had much longer screen time than some of the other quick cameos that showed and up. He over actually there, went so. in to do his uh, capturing some mix of Oh, really? Thought, and, oh, I see. Yeah, I thought it was all CG. No, that's cool. He went in to do that's it. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Oh, dude, who a- the fuck does Andy Machete know to get out of the pool like this? DC just trying to get all the same people. <laughs> What do you know? Like we need to, we need to get these. I people mean, think in. about it. He got a pretty all-star cast for it part two as well. So it's kind of like, yeah, that's oh, true. People must want to work with this guy. They might like him, yeah. So that's all. Just thinking. We also had Christopher Reeves uh, come back. Christopher Reeves, sorry, <clears throat> come back as a Superman, um, which was which is cool as as well as Helen Slater as Supergirl for the first time. Couldn't believe it, man. Yeah, first I time had, they both were next to each other in the same film. I had the Christopher Reeve thing. Uh, I had the Christopher Reeve thing ruined for me already because some people are assholes. But I did not know Helen Slater was coming back as Supergirl, and I've been watching all these goddamn Superman movie before these. Did you like, watch Supergirl? Uh, it's on my list. I'm going to be doing it after three. But um, I watched one and two in the Donner cut. So I, I was, I didn't want to tell you guys, but I was dropping subtle hints that I was like, maybe you guys should check this out. But whatever. <laughs> I didn't no, know what, I, what in what in context it was going to be. I didn't know if he was going to actually show up and do some shit, or yeah. you know, this just really came down to him staring off in the distance. But it's cool. Yeah, I uh, I I'm definitely going to check out the Supergirl movie because I fucking screamed when Helen Slater was on there. I couldn't believe it. it. Is, it's a bad I was, film. Like I've that's, that's that's a childhood crush of mine for like the longest fucking time. Love her and everything she does. So I'm that like was crazy I, though. I was like that's yeah. I was like holy shit. It was cool to see them both together like that, though. Just to have yes, them there. Because he was he was supposed to be in the Supergirl movie, and then um, he he dropped out so of it. This, yeah, because it was so bad. And then we had George Reeves come back, one of the OG Superman. That one was a little um, weird for me. Yeah, it was. Uh, it they kept it was a black and white world. He was there in black and white, and just kind of. Like just, it's a great thing to yeah. see that, but I think that's the one. That's the one I would have had the most issues with if I was somebody you were bitching about the christopher reeve thing but uh the reeves family signed off on that by the way so, oh yeah but george reeves on the end i guess has no because i don't know if you guys are aware yeah. george reeves killed himself so he has no like ears to anything so i don't know who coincidentally ben affleck played him in the film yeah which is but once again they're gonna show that that's gonna be a little weird uh hollywood land right yeah so um that's the only reason i know all that shit by the way because of that movie with adrian brody by the way, yeah, yep. so Simo, S.I. I didn't, Mo, I didn't think it was sorry. gonna happen. And I heard they had shot some other things that just were cut eventually. So I don't know if this is. I hope they'll show some of that in the deleted scenes. Or I page, hope so. so but for instance, I don't know if we'll ever see the Henry Cavill stuff because technically, if he's in the deleted stuff, they'd still have to pay him for that, right? 
Do they? I think so. Oh, DC trying to cut Warner Brothers trying to cut money too. We, we don't know, know what's it, we Who don't knows? know if he was supposed to be at the beginning in that battle or if he was supposed I to was be thinking, in this cameo. Was he supposed to be there instead of Wonder Woman? But then I remember Wonder Woman was always going to be in it. But her, she might have had more scenes too. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I know. That, I know in that scene too, they show a lot of archival footage too of like the. Uh, you just can't see it like in those little reels that are going around. There's like other Batman yeah. shit too, but well, I can they even show an alternate flash, like the earlier flash, which I don't remember his name, Jay but Eric, like, yeah. but it's, it's nobody. It's not based on anyone though. It's just, no, no, it's, it's, just it's, the the guy, it's the guy who plays him in the uh, CW show. He plays a uh, reverse Jay flash or something like that. He plays a bad version of flash. And uh, yeah, he plays zoom is that him? In, in it. Yeah. Zoom. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Is that confirmed yeah. that's yeah. him? I thought it was nobody. Yeah. No, that's no, him. No, no, it's yeah. the guy from the CW show oh, that wow. plays Jake Eric. Yeah, which sucks that they didn't get Grant Gustin as an alternate Flash, but it's supposedly fun. he was in it too, and films scenes were shot, but it just never happened. Really? Okay. So yeah, there's, I feel time. like we're gonna be having a lot of these fucking. They were supposed to supposedly. I'm like, yeah, really? he just he up? just cut it for time. He's like, no. So, yeah, God there was forbid. a lot of stuff he was told to cut because of uh, time constraints maybe it is a long film long movie yeah. pretty long movie and they're trying to fit some stuff into the gun shit now i guess yeah okay. um and then we have the best cameo ever in the in the history of cameos <laughs> oh i knew it dude <laughs> we have we have uh B- batman and robin's fucking wild when this happens <laughs> batman george clooney and he is he has Barry Allen's this this flashes uh, Batman. He took over for uh, Ben Affleck because he changed something. He cha- he saved his dad. So apparently, the Bill's favorite Batman. That, yeah, I mean, it's definitely my favorite Bruce Wayne. So, <laughs> so this is supposed to be this was supposed to be originally Michael Keaton, though, right? Yeah, was they, it? They have is that what it was? Footage oh, okay. of uh, of screens of him coming out of the car, and it's Michael Keaton. We're in the same exact suit too, by the way. So but oh, I did not know that. <laughs> Instead, because they just they tra- they trapped Keaton... this Flash in the Schumacher verse. <laughs> no, because Keaton was supposed to be like the Batman going forward if they were going to continue all these, right? From what I remember. Oh, I see. So Keaton okay. would have been like the Batman. That's 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 truthfully that would have been the way to get rid of Ben Affleck. So like, hey, we don't need Ben Affleck anymore. We're going to do it because we have Keaton. Yeah, we're going to mm-hmm. Michael Keaton and like, like a Batman Beyond for and stuff, it. Yeah. And then because that's why he was also supposed to be in the Batgirl movie, which was going to take place after this, man. But then that got yep. canned. I see. So now it's a throwaway. They're just having George Clooney in for fun. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't think this it's was. A, I don't think it's a permanent thing. I, I think this no, is. I a, would think I not. This, is yeah. done. Th- this was actually um, different than the uh, pre-screening. Endings. They cut away from it. Right. Yeah. It, he just takes it. You just see him step out, and then it cuts to the flash right. saying, the "Who the fuck, fuck are, are you?" It yeah. ends right. Yep. Because yep. they didn't want those people to spoil it at all. So, how do we feel about how this film actually ended? With with the uh, so essentially what happens? We are in spoilers, of course. Yeah. So what happens is after Barry and Barry, eighteen year old Barry, is trying to stop eighteen year old Barry's world from being destroyed by Zod. But they fail over and over again. Everybody dies. Well, Batman, Batman and Supergirl. No matter what, not be saved. Right. And so it turns out that Barry, the 18-year-old Barry, does an infinite amount of loops to try to do it. Um, and then eventually turns himself to reverse Flash, which is um, ca- the catalyst sword that was because of the original Barry Allen, original mm-hmm. Flash, um, starting this whole thing to try to save his mom from dying. 
Which, yeah. like, to James's point, we never actually find out how she dies. I was like, who the fuck did it then? Probably, yeah. probably reverse flash. I feel like they would have explained that more and eventually, but for this, it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Who actually did. Yeah. It's because they, they wanted Barry and Dark Flash to be the what villains. If, so. What yeah. if the real thing was like, it, it was the dead, actually? <laughs> Damn. It was she did do it. He comes with the twist. He's like, I had the knife. <laughs> He, I mean, turned, he turns like around, looks at the camera, stabbed. and smiles. I, mean, she, I would have been like, Mom, who stabbed you? Do that first. Go yeah, back. I don't know how he's really reprieved because it. He just she just gets stabbed, and they're showing the video like, oh, no, he was at the grocery store at the exact same time. It's like, no, it just happened, and he just showed up at the house. So I don't like, really know. Shut up. But, you know, whatever. Continuity. Um, but that's what he does. So basically, he stops him, his ultra self or whatever. They sacrifice himself, blah, blah, blah. They move on. And he's trying to reset the timeline, but decides, you know what? I'm going to put the can of tomatoes up so my dad can be seen on camera and prove that he was not the murderer because yeah, he like was that. at the grocery store. Do you think that actually is a solid ending to how everything goes? Do you feel like, nah, that was too easy for cleanup of like, Tidying everything up over there. Um, the end, go to you, Marco. But like, do you feel that we should have left something more for a sequel, or do you think that this was really nice uh, wrap up of everything? It, it would have been nice for us to kind of at at least know it's it's a clean slate, and we're going to go a different direction from here. Because if this movie was supposed to be like all right this is the, you know it resets the universe the dcu and we're gonna from this point going forward this is where we're gonna go and strangely enough as much as i i mean i did like the george clooney uh cameo i thought that it was funny and i thought it's hilarious that this fool's trapped in the Schumacherverse. <laughs> i thought it was a fitting punishment um but uh it would have been nice if we got the original ending where, or not the original ending, but the, the ending that the pre-screeners saw that, you know, where we just see a foot come out and we don't know who it is. Cause then yeah. it kind of leaves us to, okay, they're now they have a clean slate. They're going to go wherever instead of leaving it as a gag and saying like, Oh, gotcha. Now you don't know what we're doing. And it's like, bro, we didn't know what the fuck you were doing to begin with. So, I mean, um, I think they do that though, just to be like, this is, this is, you know, Barry exists in this universe with this Batman going forward, but we're just never going to go back here. True. Yeah. That's all it is. It'll, you know. like, don't worry about it. I like, can, this is I, the but, universe where George Clooney's the Batman and yeah. Barry's on yeah. adventures, but we're not going to focus on that universe anymore. We have a new universe we're going to talk about. I kind of like all that, later. though, because this kind of helps to introduce the idea of, like, there could be multiple Flash, there could be multiple Batman, there could be multiple Superman, and they, they're not the yeah. same people. So, yeah. you know, like in this case, now Barry's nope. uh, super, uh, Batman is the George Clooney one. And then the other one was, is Michael Keaton before it was like Ben Affleck. So, like, There's if they move on, somewhere, it yeah, does. Ones. It's just going to be, it could yeah. be somebody else. Yeah. I do agree there. It does. It does canonize all the DC properties. And it's like they can continue yeah. any universe they yeah. want, you know, and it's like they, they could either I die at the last movie or continue <laughs> it on from, <laughs> from the on, you know, just, just kind of sad that this, that this. Uh, version of Michael Keaton's Batman, you know, will always lose at the at the fate of Zod. It's like, goddamn. Well, they were kind of saying like this universe is not supposed to exist. That's why, you know, and that's kind of like yeah. the whole point. Like, okay, because he but, triggers the fact that his Barry becomes a Flash, uh, the eighteen year old, which he wasn't really supposed to be there because he's going on a date with Iris, right? So he wasn't actually supposed to be the Flash. He, he forced true. that. True, true, true. 
True. But, I mean, once again, we don't know. Aquaman <laughs> 2 filmed things with both Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton, so I have no Oh, really? No Michael fucking... Keaton's in that film? Yes. I didn't even know that. So I have no fucking clue who's going to be in that film. I guess we'll find out in... What is it coming out? December, or do they push that one to March next year? I don't even remember anymore. I don't even know. So and now the trailer right now. Too. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm gonna going back to the editing though. I think I think it's not just that to build. There's a, it's very emotional that scene. Getting the can back from his mom and then saying his final goodbye to his mom and he's crying. And that stuff. is true. So nice to yeah. him. That that's a very emotionally drawing scene. I think yeah, that's she really what like so, Yeah, he her, moves so. the cans and that's kind of the way to get around it. But the 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 fact that he knows that his mom has to die. It's very. I think that's, that's there's a lot of weight with that, so I, I think it works it, well. It's a it's a lot different than what some movies with a similar concept are doing, where the hero can't accept, you know, the the end result of what's supposed to happen. Like they're supposed to lose this loved one, right? It makes them who they are. We have in other movies where they're just trying to prevent that, um, but in this one, it's more like he, like James said, he's accepting it, and he's like. There's nothing I can do to stop it, and I just have to live live, live with it. So. I agree with that. I, I actually, I think that, and and you're right, James. I kind of glossed over that, and it actually is a big scene because he's finding closure mm-hmm. with the with what needs to be done, and that he can't fix everything. And I think that's like a recurring theme in the film: is like we're not necessarily meant to fix everything. Like it's some things are just what it is, and so he's accepting that and moving on whereas a lot of other films there is a, such a very nicely tied bow on everything comes out perfectly there's no consequence and in this film everything is a consequence even like mm-hmm. we we just talked about the cameo the george clooney he changed his batman that wasn't supposed to happen right so right. there's always a consequence of something um and he's he's kind of had to learn to accept that and know that he's not going to be perfect in every mm-hmm. instance um there is also one last thing we haven't really touched on, which is the post-credit scene where uh, it's Aquaman and the Flash. They're they're bonding over some drinks, um, and yeah, I, I, you know, let me ask you, James, is this the same Aquaman? Because it seemed I don't okay, know if it's so like a different version this of is him. A or scene, I think I was talking to Mikey. This is literally just a setup for everybody. Like, don't worry, the sequel's fine. <laughs> He can exist in all these things. It doesn't matter where the fuck that Aquaman's in. Like, don't worry about it. Supposedly, everything going forward is in the the Gunverse, right? Or mm-hmm. is that what we're calling it? Gunverse. Yep. Sure. Gunverse. Uh, so Aquaman two is technically set there. So are we gonna? Is that why we're gonna have maybe a Michael Keaton Batman or a different Batman or George Clooney Batman? Who fucking knows at this point? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. We'll, once again, we'll all find out together because I have no idea. To piggyback on what James said, yeah, it's, that's why he says like you're you're the only one that's the same, same in every, every universe, universe. Yeah. which and that's why yeah, which means he it he was can like exist him. in the previous universe, and it's it's to it's to explain that shit away, dude. Basically, yeah, and James Wan already said that he had to his hardest thing about filming Aquaman two was making some edits to make it fit into the gun universe, apparently. So, but from the sound of it, so I think that might be the last fucking Aquaman movie too. So I don't really know what the fuck they're doing. Right, because I, you know, there's rumors that he might be playing Lobo or some other character, yeah, and he said he's going to play two characters at the same time. So I'm like, right. Once again, I would not. That's so fucking. I don't. I think that's dumb as fuck to do that. Just so you know, they they're not going to reveal all their cards either. Because no. again, this movie was supposed to be, you know, telling us exactly where they're going, and it does, really doesn't. So. They right. want to get all these other films done with, and then they'll just show it off with the new Superman film. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Superman Legacy. Yeah, Superman I mean, Legacy I'm looking is forward to the first I love to see one. It. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I am too. Like, fucking, if Superman they're gonna put film. it back, I'm all for like, hey, and getting things back to on the same page as everyone. And I think James Gunn is, you know, he's proven I mean, multiple yep. times that he knows how yeah. to tell stories correctly and he knows how to handle ensemble. So, like, hey, you know what? This probably needed it as much as I enjoyed the Flash. I understand that leading up to this is kind of a fucking train wreck, right? So, yep, I get it. Like, fucking get it done. So, yeah, well, before we can get it over with, like, as much as I would have loved to see Ezra Miller again, and I mean, I I don't know what's gonna happen in the next two films before Superman comes out in twenty twenty five or some bullshit. So, we're gonna have a bit of a, a gap between it all, and it's gonna just you know, hopefully everything by then we'll have more answers, but. Like Marco I mean, said, that's, I can reveal other cards yet. So yeah, yeah. that's that's mm, that's mainly more on his end that he's not returning though than than really the the reset of the yeah, universe. Yeah, I'm just saying I wouldn't have mind oh. seen him come back for things. Truth be told, because I I actually think he or I think they do a really good job. But once yeah. again, that's yeah, you know, your personal right. life it has things to do nowadays. Yeah. There's consequences to every action. We you know. There might they even be a, there might even be a so. new fuck. We at this point, you know, I'm not saying Marvel's perfect, but they're going they got some issues going on right now. Yep. So. Yeah. Oh things, yeah. Things, every time Marco has said he likes an actor, they turn out their scumbags. So I mean, I, I don't think know. Yep. That's why I'm not saying shit. I'm no. not. Yeah. I'm just saying it's good performance. They did great. You know, it's it's awesome. But yeah, in 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 this case, yeah, they they already, you know, like James said, they they made their bed. So. Yeah, got to so live the consequences, consequences. Yeah, but I am, like I said, though, I am looking forward to uh, Andy Machete's future with the DC. Seems like he's got a touch for it, so I think he would do really well with the, um, uh, you know, like a, the new Batman film. I agree, and <laughs> I, I think that's enough said about the Flash. Thank you uh, so much for that, Nabil. And that is the end of the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Marco, tell them how they can reach us. Listen and follow us on your favorite podcast service. Trust us, we're on all of them. For a quick link to all our socials, visit linktree slash moviepalspod. Thank you. Make sure to smash that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. That's right. And don't you forget to make sure to also stay tuned for our next episode, episode number 153, where we will be reviewing Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Thank you, Nabil. Thank you, Marco. Until next time, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a great one.